0: Hello and welcome to Mint Dialogue, episode number 108. This interview is with Bob Gilbreth, co-founder and president of Ahology. He's also the author of the book, The Next Evolution of Marketing, Connect to Your Customers by Marketing with Meaning. Ahology is a new Pinterest-focused marketing platform for brands. In this conversation, we look at the ways Pinterest is being used, the Ahology service, and some of the major challenges faced by brands in coordinating their digital marketing strategies. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Minted Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minta Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to quick. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Minted Dialogue Show. Today, I have piped in from Cincinnati, the home of many things, the Reds, the Procter & Gamble, and many more things. And... The headquarters of Ahology. So, Bob, tell us who you are, what you do, and if you wouldn't mind, what would you? How would you describe your mindset?
1: Hey, this is uh, Bob Gilbreth. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, My pleasure. Good to, good to be on the show. I'm the uh, co-founder and president of Ahology. We are a, uh, a Pinterest marketing optimization company. Uh, really, to help uh, large brands crack the code on the on the opportunity that, that Pinterest brings, and mindset is all about growth and uh, doing meaningful marketing. I think that's that's what gets us up in the morning is how can we actually create marketing that adds value to consumers' lives, and, and that's what we see a, a big benefit of what uh, Pinterest is bringing.
0: That's beautiful. Well, I want to spring back onto that because marketing marketing with meaning was was your book. You, you, it was published in 2009, as I saw it. I haven't read it, so maya culpa on that. But uh, how do you – I mean, if you take Procter & Gamble, marketing with meaning, where do you see that mixing up? I mean, because when I was at L'Oreal, the idea of meaning oftentimes sort of got reduced down to the new product and, and how we're going to make more money this, this week. How, yeah. do you, how do you define it?
1: Well, I think um, you know it's something that I saw. I started my career at Procter and Gamble in, in brand management, right at a really interesting time. Digital was starting to come in, uh, but you know, uh, my all my my bosses basically said, "Hey, you like this digital stuff? We don't know what to do with it. Can you can you do that for us?" And so probably half my job was uh, doing traditional marketing, like uh, doing television commercials and print ads. And about half was kind of helping some, some big brands figure out uh, what to do in, in the digital space. And what I got to see there, and then later I had a digital agency uh, where Procter & Gamble was a, a, our biggest client, is that, that what digital marketing is about, it's not finding new ways to interrupt people. The, the digital in any industry is giving the consumer more power, and that's power to skip ads, to see what they want to see, Uh, to kind of make media their own. And in a world where people are finding new ways to avoid the 3,000 ad messages a day, what I saw was the only way to win is to actually create marketing that actually adds value to people's lives or it's meaningful to them. And the great thing about digital is that it creates new opportunities for us to add meaning through the marketing itself. Um, that's things like content marketing, uh, people are looking for content on digital. Well, brands can provide that, uh, looking at customer service is better through digital, uh, looking at, uh, how even product development now by crowdsourcing, things like that can be more meaningful things that digital allows us to do that we could never do before. So that, that was really the, the topic of my book. And, you know, it's been my obsession kind of since then. I love it. Do you, I mean, in the end of the day
0: it's funny when you we, we put traditional marketing on the one side, t v ads and the like, and then digital on the other I end up with a shortcut that says, well, if we don't have some purpose, some better values in in a more humane level, then on the digital side, the echo chamber seems a lot more empty and vapid uh, do, do you find that digital has actually had you know was had to raise the need for meaningfulness? As opposed to just you know, looking for conversation and better listening, there's a need for the brand to have some deeper roots, better values, more meaningfulness as an entity beyond making money.
1: Well, I think that's, that's where uh, the best brands look at that kind of starting point. Um, it's not about I need to get a product out the door. You know, what, I, what I loved at my time at Procter & Gamble was we really felt like we were improving people's lives. And that, you know, I could sit, I sat there in meetings thinking, gosh, how do I make laundry easier for these consumers? How do I invent, you know, me and my team uh, invent a new molecule that gets stains out better? But, you know, what didn't feel good was after we had that product coming, we'd work on, you know, the 30th edit of a TV commercial so that uh, the little, uh, little girl's white dress in the ad was on the screen as long as possible. To get people to associate our brand with whiteness. Mm-hmm. That that didn't feel right. I mean, it, it didn't feel wrong, it's just the way advertising's been done. But to me it seemed more of, gosh, can't we do something that actually earns their trust and and gets the dialogue around helping them find a solution through the marketing itself? Mm-hmm. Um, So we make products that improve people's lives. Why don't we make marketing that improves people's lives? Mm -hmm. And if we do that and we look at our purpose as as both of those, then we can come up with some amazing stuff that they'll buy the products to. And uh, we'll, we'll both get through that barrier that they have as well as have a much deeper connection. All right. Beautiful.
0: All right. So I love that. And then now, so if, focusing on a I, I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce it. Aha. You
1: got it. Yeah. The, it's kind of like the science of the aha moment. Right. Discovery of great ideas. Love
0: it. So the choice of Pinterest,
1: how did that, how did that come about? What I actually came about, um, for, for me, I had, uh, um, uh, Sold my digital agency to WPP and uh, was there about a year after we uh, created a new entity called Possible as the chief strategy officer, and I, I was eager to kind of do something new again and 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 always kind of was interested in the in the startup space. I ended up uh, going on to an investment group uh, here in Cincinnati, and there was a company that came through that we invested in that was doing a fashion discovery idea, and the founder of that company, Michael Wolschlager, uh, really smart guy. Uh, his challenge was, how do you drive traffic to this new website around fashion? And he tried Google, he tried Facebook, he tried Twitter, nothing really worked. Eventually, he tried Pinterest and saw signs of life. And he saw that Pinterest is a, in many cases, a, a search tool, uh, even more than social. And so Michael, as the desperate founder tried to drive traffic, uh, ended up writing tools and, and seeing a model that suddenly led to an amazing spike in traffic to this website from Pinterest. Hmm. Uh, I happened to be his board member and looked at the results he got after a couple weeks, and my jaw hit the floor. And I said, you just discovered something that no marketer has seen yet. Um, Almost every other company has kind of been treating Pinterest as another thing they need to check the box. Uh, Michael, for the first time, is really seeing how when you look at optimization. And look at, you know, continual trial and error and providing great content, you can get massive results. And so together in the the kind of weeks that followed, we decided to to shift the company to be this Pinterest optimization uh, uh, company. And really, for me, it's a personal mission. Uh, You know, I wrote the book about meaningful marketing, got to do a lot of that at my digital agency, but you know what you see the challenge of shifting to an idea of meaningful marketing. you can do all the speeches and write all the books you want, but companies need help. they need tools, they need technology. And I saw Pinterest as being a platform that could really enable that future of meaningful marketing. And I said, well, I've got to, to you know uh, eat my own dog food so to speak, and go start this company so that we can help create uh, that platform. Uh, For marketers to win all right so
0: let's say i'm a brand and uh you've got some dog food to uh (laughs) what are the ingredients that are going to make for a successful use of hology? so i mean what are the keys to a well what what are the right brands and how do they how do they work successfully with you
1: well i think um first of all you've got to have with with, think of pinterest in, in many ways as a a media channel for content marketing And it gets over, it can get over one of those biggest challenges of content marketing, which is, it sounds good on paper, but, well, how do I win? How do I do it? Um, In particular, I've got, I might have some content, but how do I get people to see it? And so Pinterest is, is growing as a content discovery media. So that's a lot of what we do is help optimize for Pinterest that content. And it's a mixture of Uh, optimizing the content itself. For us, we bring uh, some of that optimization skill, uh, technology to continuously understand and optimize, and then just some good human know-how. I mean, we have designers who create pins all day long. We have data scientists who are looking at the trends of what people are looking for, when, and how. And what we do is bring all that to bear for the marketer with a service layer, too. And that's something that we've also tried to do differently. There's a lot of other social media software out there that says, hey, here's some tools. Uh, Here's a login. Good luck. And pay us our monthly fee. Um, I always hated that model as a brand and agency guy. And so we kind of turned that model on its head. What we do is we typically do the pinning optimization for our clients using technology and then instead of doing a monthly fee, which comes out of the non-working budget and is disconnected from results, we actually are paid based on the performance. So based on things like how much traffic we drive to a website through Pinterest. And that's how we get paid, which ends up being out of the media budget. And so we, we call that, uh, you know, in the, in the the startup world, there's a SaaS, marketing SaaS, software service. We call our model SaaS backwards. Mm-hmm. Where we've got a heavy service element, and then that pay for performance model, which which brands love. Yeah,
0: well, so Bob, one of one of the things I was thinking about I mean, when you go into these brands and you want to create meaning, is it, how important is it for them to have a platform of meaningfulness as a brand? In other words, if I'm if you have in front of you a bunch of people that are rather mercenary and driving business uh, in a in a traditional fashion. Mm-hmm. How how do you you know come across and and help them to try and dig back into values and meaningfulness in terms right. of content creation?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting, and there's not an easy uh, solution. I think, uh, in particular, the, the the stress could come sometimes from working with say e-commerce clients that are just ultimately driven by the numbers and did we get a visitor to the site and did they uh, convert Convert. to a sale versus a lot of what we're doing you think of content marketing is you might get someone to come look at your content they're not necessarily going to make a, a purchase right now so a lot of what we have to do is go back and educate and say look this is let's get into the consumer's mindset let's look at what she's pinning today from your site let's look at the solutions and and uh, the ideas that she, she's searching for. Uh, so that's really the, where we have to say, if you want to win on Pinterest, you have to go, to, you can't just make some uh, a few brand-related pins or a recipe that just uses your ingredients. you got to take a step up and say, hey, how do we curate a feed of ideas? And when they see it's brought to you by this brand, it's going to increase the brand interest, awareness of the brand in some cases, And if they're going to make that recipe, hopefully they're going to use your product. Mm -hmm. But you can't force it. And that's one of the interesting things about Pinterest is the the brands that try to force it don't perform well. Mm -hmm. You know, if you put a big brand logo on a pin, it's going to die. Mm -hmm. And so it is nice to be able to let the data speak for itself in addition to us kind of making those recommendations.
0: All right. I wanted to spin into Pinterest a a bit and for the audience to understand Give give us a top line of what's going on in Pinterest in terms of audience growth and uh, geography. I mean, how, how are they doing outside of North America?
1: Yeah. Um, well, first of all, on, on the audience dynamic itself, we recently uh, uh, commissioned a study now based on the U.S. where uh, really in response to Pinterest is launching their first paid product, which is called Promoted Pins. Some of our clients were asking us, you know, who is this Pinterest user and where are they switching from? Uh, we didn't see any great data, so we commissioned a study, which you can find at ahologycom backslash research, uh, or sorry, forward slash research, mm-hmm. and uh, we found some interesting things. We found there are definitely a younger audience, more of kind of a millennial mom type of group, so uh, younger women, uh, young children who have kind of gone digital natives, uh, They a little bit higher incomes, higher education, they... Uh, tend to be uh, using Pinterest in store. So about half of uh, daily users say they regularly pull up the app in store to remember what to buy. Hmm. Uh, They're switching from – they watch less television. They're switching away from magazines and catalogs. Uh, In some cases, they're switching away from Google to search. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're also trying new things. So this is an audience that says they like to be the first to try new products. Uh, they've also tried five or more new activities since getting on Pinterest. Uh, so just a, a marketer's dream demographically. Yeah, um, And again, how they're using it is they're searching for solutions. So the marketer and the brand uh, providing information has a much higher chance of winning. When when they look at Facebook, for example, when, when people hit the Facebook app, uh, they want to see what their friends are up to. Mm-hmm. And so it's always going to be difficult for a brand to break through that. When people hit the Pinterest bit button, they're looking for ideas. They're looking for inspiration. And brands have just as much of a right to win there as, as anyone else who's who's providing that. Uh, now, Internet in U.S., it really is a critical mass for sure already, Uh Something like forty, fifty million uh, user monthly users on the platform, and again, you know, a, a, a strong marketing demographic. Uh, and there were. So uh, let,
0: I had. I had a number that was they were uh, over ten minutes uh, on, on site. Where are they now?
1: Oh yeah, uh, definitely. I've seen. I've seen numbers like that as well. Let's um, see. People talk about you get addicted, you get pulled in, you know, <laughs> uh, you find better and better. Uh, content so you just stay on there and, and people often talk about half hour later, you know, they, yeah. they forgot to pick up their kids from school or what have you. <laughs>
0: so what happens though is that they're gonna they're gonna come on looking for a solution but then get sort of, you know, go into deep blue and then or deep red in this case and, and yeah. end up just sort of going with the flow and finding new stuff and then the discovery and then the reason why they initially came on will almost becomes a back thought or do they typically stay on with this focus of what they're looking for?
1: There's a little bit of both. I'd say um, there's some of the activity is browsing. So kind of a higher in the purchase funnel, searching. You know, just want to see, it could be on exploring their feed or it could be exploring a category like beauty or fashion or food. Uh, But about 40% of the time, according to Pinterest, people are literally typing into the search bar on Pinterest. So they are looking at something specific. Mm -hmm. And that's where they may start off looking for, Uh, New Year's Eve dress and the great thing about Pinterest is it's so strong in terms of the 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 results that you see but not only is it a smart algorithm and visual search but you start following individual people so you may see a great dress and you go oh there's a person who has created a whole board of similar dresses Mm -hmm. So it combines image, algorithm, and human beings curating behind it, which is make it just a killer app for either the specific search or the kind of general um, browsing.
0: And so going back to the um, the question of uh, international, so in the States, yeah. 40 to 50 million uh, regular active users. What about outside? Because, I mean, we always get these numbers that push around. It's sort of hard to stay up with them all general gist is 75% women, largely North American. That's how I, I typically um, yep. summarize.
1: Yeah, I think, well, well um, again, Pinterest, is ta- it takes some time. I mean, it's not a flash-in-the-pan kind of hype-driven uh, technology. Um, again, if you look at how it grew in the U.S., launched in San Francisco and was kind of ignored by the techies on the coast, and then it was discovered by uh, women who were doing craft projects in the Midwest. Hmm. I mean, which is just, you know, is mind blowing. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's the first, uh, digital technology that was first adopted by a group that's usually the last to adopt. Mm -hmm. So it's a slow and steady, uh, type of, of, uh, tool that's not going anywhere, uh, in terms of kind of, uh, hype going up and going down. We're not seeing anything ebb in terms of its use and, and, Uh, traffic, but it's not an overnight success. Uh, So what we're seeing globally is kind of gradual build. Uh, The UK, I think, is around 4 million users right now. So it's starting to get at that point of critical mass. I mean, we're seeing some really good numbers from Comscore in Europe, uh, double-digit growth in Germany, in France, uh, I think triple-digit growth in Turkey. So Pinterest is starting to get that foothold and, and grow, but it's definitely going to take word of mouth and also a lot of localized content. And, so,
0: and is the audience, um, we're talking typically your Midwestern woman. Is is it replicating or are we getting other types of, of audiences popping up?
1: No, it's definitely spreading throughout. Uh, women are the highest, uh, you know, high, the higher, uh, uh, users for sure. Um, and the majority of users, uh, we do see some patches of men coming in, in, uh, countries like the UK, the, the male percentages are higher. It's, it's still uh, majority female and we're seeing men come on to the platform now. So the more there's a higher male mix in the people who have come on to Pinterest more recently.
0: Where there are women, men shall congregate.
1: You got it. Well, <laughs> we see it as, uh, also a lot of planning together. So couples using pinterest to plan uh vacations together or uh you know to share content with each other or plan kitchens together so there's a lot of those moments uh that come up that are are bringing men into the platform too and is there a lot of private sharing
0: or is it mostly open
1: um you know the default is open boards and open uh open sharing uh the the Use of secret boards, Mm -hmm. kind of invite-only boards, is is, was a huge uh, uh, improvement, I think, in the Pinterest platform and something that people have been asking for. I'd say most people keep only a handful of those uh, boards secret. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do do use it as they want to get followers. They do want other, you know, there's there is a social element still of getting credit for being a great curator. And almost kind of paying it forward to the community of, of if you've put together a great board of ideas, letting other people see what you've come up with.
0: All right. So if, I, if I'm a marketer and I say, oh, Pinterest is great. I want, I want these women or this audience. What are the kinds of things that you do to optimize? Well, on the one hand, that's different from what you can just do by yourself. But just in general, what are the kinds of good techniques and sc- ways to make sure that your content is well positioned within Pinterest?
1: yeah well first of all you know it's it's making sure you've got content that that audience is looking for and it's especially around certain areas like categories like food fashion fitness beauty decor crafts travel um, those are the areas that are getting the most attention that people are are mainly gravitating toward now uh, so picking content that's what people are looking for uh, then doing things that make it Pinterest friendly so a nice image I mean think of it almost as if you were making your own magazine that's in many cases what Pinterest is a great cover image for the story or the the magazine uh, a compelling title and description and then it's got to be a great landing experience after the click because ultimately people are looking for content you've got to have it to be that, that content mobile optimized uh, you know really and then doing things on your website if you're an e-commerce company in those areas if you're providing content online that's in those areas, really welcoming that Pinterest user and doing things like the pin it button, um, big and bold uh, on the website. You know, we're kind of past the point, I think, now where you want to have 65 different social media buttons. Focus on things like Pinterest. That is really what that audience is, is looking for and can help us uh, spread the word there.
0: In terms of ergonomy and, and the choice, like when you say landing on it, are you, we're not talking necessarily then within Pinterest per se. We're talking about using it outside of Pinterest. How, do, how does it work exactly?
1: Yeah, that's correct. So think about what the main use of Pinterest is as a, a kind of visual bookmarking or a content discovery tool. So ultimately, uh, people are using it to say, Go, you're, you're, Pinterest is getting you somewhere and it's getting you to a website and that's why most brands start to see Pinterest when suddenly they've got this thing that's driving traffic to their website that they didn't even know about (laughs) Uh, so they start seeing Pinterest come into the top ten of referrals to their website because that's how it's used it's used as you see an image that's maybe a recipe but you've got to click through to a website to go get that recipe so Or if it's a fashion idea, you've got to click through to go see the full fashion idea and how the person came up with it. So it's almost going back to uh, your Google strategy, going back to your website and making sure that you're doing things to welcome that visitor. With
0: uh, Facebook now making the the wall so much more, uh, let's say, streamlined or if not strangled, as far as brands are concerned, do you see Pinterest? How's Pinterest going to evolve in in its monetization process?
1: Well, I think to me, and this is one of the reasons we chose to launch a company on Pinterest is that it has a chance of being uh, a meaningful marketing model with its business. If you look at Facebook, um, Facebook For Facebook to make more money, at the end of the day, it either has to interrupt you more often or it has to sell your data in new ways. Uh, For Google to make money, it just makes search better for the user. If that algorithm gets you more of what you want, then that's better for the marketer who's using AdWords and for the user of Google. And our money is that Pinterest is much more like the Google Opportunity. And we're seeing that with its business model, um, which it's in beta right now, called Promoted Pins. The mission of Promoted Pins is to help you discover what you're looking for. And so a brand like Kraft promoting one of its recipes, that's exactly what people are looking for, similar to uh, AdWords. Uh, And uh, I think you'll see Pinterest reward the marketers who are sharing better content, just like Google rewards the companies and the AdWords companies that have better landing pages or, Mm -hmm. or providing more of what people want. So Pinterest business model can be something that is a true win, win for everybody else. And I don't see them having the same issues that, that Facebook is having because of that. So how would you describe
0: Bob, your relationship with Pinterest and other competitors in the same kind of space? I mean, where do you sit?
1: Yeah. I mean, we look at what, um, For Pinterest itself, it's not a a formal relationship. You know, they're still in the process of kind of putting together, uh, call it their equivalent of a a, a preferred marketer development uh, developer program or Mm -hmm. PMD like Facebook and Twitter have. Mm -hmm. Um, For now, we just coordinate very closely on some of the things we're doing on uh, technology side and and the the companies that we're we're working with together. Um, You know, competitively, there's a couple, there's not many players on Pinterest, Uh, there's probably four or five different reasons for that. Um, you know, there's a couple companies that are doing Pinterest analytics and they would look at that as kind of giving, giving you some of those self-serve tools uh, that you can use to try to improve. We really believe we're the first and only company that's doing active optimization. Um, that's literally sitting hands on with companies, uh, you know, getting into their strategy, getting into their content, uh, and bringing data. Oh, we have data and analytics, but we're not, we're doing it kind of in a hands-on, uh, uh, basis, uh, which we, we see, I mean, it was our bet. And this is what I frankly, selfishly, what I wanted when I was on the marketer side as a mm-hmm. partner that's helping me figure out these new platforms. And, uh, that's, that's what we do every day.
0: Yeah. You're bringing back the, actually the data straight into how should we change and, and you know, rearrange our content as as it features.
1: Exactly, and how are we selling? My um, my next meeting today is with a large e-commerce company that we're digging into the sales numbers and saying, you know, how we how are we converting here? How do we improve? Uh, you know, it's it's because our model is pay for performance. We are have an incentive to help our clients figure it out. Another
0: mm. mm. one: the incentives are matched.
1: Yeah, right. that, that's and, and that was Google. Google AdWords was our inspiration, mm. um, and and we didn't want to create a company that was just. Uh, you know, uh, give, giving people a tool and and hoping, trusting that they'd use it. What about uh, before we finish up? Talk to us about Smart Stacks.
0: This is the new product you've uh, launched.
1: Yeah, this is an, again. You know, everything that drives our innovation is how do we make Pinterest work better, uh, for, especially for the marketer, but for the users as well. And one of the issues that we've been struggling with is that if you look at about half the time that people are using. Uh, say, a mobile app, uh, like for Pinterest, and according to Pinterest, 75% of the time people are on, it's with a either a smartphone or a tablet. Uh, usually, that mobile content experience, again, someone has clicked off of Pinterest to go look at a website, but they're still within the Pinterest browser. Usually, that's a horrible experience. Um, slow loading, non-optimized websites, tiny copy, tiny pictures, tiny banner ads. Um, we have a publisher network of 1,200 publishers uh, that uh, we are able to basically use their content on behalf of brands. And so we know these publishers very well, and, and mobile optimization has been a struggle for them. And so we decided to solve that. And what we have is a very unique technology that recognizes when – it's called stacks as you said. It, it, what it does is it recognizes when someone's coming to a website from the social app like the Facebook app or the Pinterest app. And instead of loading that full website with all the bells and whistles and tiny banners and tiny copy, Mm -hmm. we actually launch a streamlined, optimized version of that. It almost turns the whole web into a flipboard-type experience where you have kind of a card-based navigation. You just swipe through uh, just the images and the copy, you know, very simplified way. It speeds up the load time by 50%. Uh, the bounce rate has gone down by about 50%. And it also enables us for some of our brand partners to bring in kind of a native uh, advertising experience with that as well. Is it fair Uh, to say
0: there's responsive design
1: is in there? Yeah, it's a form of responsive design. Um, and but, but doing it so responsive that it's related to the app itself We're the first ones who have ever kind of optimized for a particular app. All right. So, uh, Last question before I ask,
0: uh, you know, how to get in touch with you what's the future of Pinterest? Where, to where would you see the, the next uh, developments or the pushes that Pinterest is up to that, from the inside that you have the scoop?
1: <laughs> well, I think the biggest, you know, overall, we're going to see uh, more brands get onto promoted pins. Uh, you know, I think they're seeing it as. <laughs> Really, a, a very meaningful platform that's driving significant traffic that's converting. So, I think we're going to see it uh, be considered more and more into the budgets of uh, big brand marketers, especially for the fourth quarter of this year. Uh, you know, that's where there are several billions of dollars and in, in kind of holiday seasonal spending up for grabs. And it's it's we know from the data of traffic, this is Pinterest sweet spot is coming in Q4. This is a, a huge traffic burst. So we're going to see more brands experiment we're going to see more brands kind of get their their accounts together so that they're ready uh, to buy and, and do more of a media type operation and then I think global too um, you know we're seeing Pinterest staff up with with local country managers with encouraging local content to be created and uh, hopefully we can we can see that uh, increase as well yeah so I mean in listening to you I'm just thinking
0: to what extent can you repurpose material? I mean, or is, do you really have to sort of think Pinterest first with regard to the assets you're displaying as opposed to saying, well, I did it on Facebook. I'll just jump it over here. I'll (laughs) adapt it or optimize it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the big key thing. I mean, unfortunately it's, it's messy. Mm -hmm. Um, whatever you're doing on Facebook or even Instagram may not necessarily translate to success on Pinterest. It's really of thinking about what, What article, like if you think articles, you think of content where an image attracts, but it's actually some kind of tips and suggestions and, and, you know, blog type posts or content. That's really what performs well on Pinterest. So an Instagram image of, you know, what have you, not going to perform very well. A Facebook, hey, what are you doing this weekend type of conversational update, not going to perform very well. But if you've got recipes, if you've got travel tips, if you have a uh, suggestion on projects to do with your child over the weekend, those are all great sweet spots. And if you have that or if you can source that, you have a chance of winning on Pinterest.
0: Some good, as Jay Bear would say, utility.
1: Exactly. That's mm. what it's all about.
0: It's cool. All right. Well, listen, Bob, thanks for coming on the show. Let, let us um, tell us what are the best ways to track you down uh, and obviously contact you.
1: Yep, uh, email's always easy, bob at ahology.com. Check me out on Twitter at um, uh, mktg, short for marketing, uh, with meaning. Or uh, just check us out on the website, ahology.com.
0: All right, splendid.
1: Well, uh, Bob, I
0: appreciate it. It's great to have some insights into Pinterest. And and to know that there's there there are new ways to go in there use it and specifically what I really appreciate uh, Bob, is this whole idea of marketing with meaning and uh, hopefully people listen to that have enjoyed that and we're going to go out there and provide some more meaning some grow some some sense in this crazy world we're living in.
1: Let's do it. All right, <laughs> take Thanks care. Thanks for mom. having me. Thanks for having listened
0: to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Internet Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please rate it in iTunes, and don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or to tweet it out. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset, or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails.